It is a thankful occasion indeed that allows us to gather on this morning and to do so with a spirit and attitude of gratitude and thankfulness unto God, appreciation for the safety that's brought us here, and the opportunity to offer the homage, the devotion, the glory and the magnitude to His name that He so humbly and richly deserves. As I look over the audience this morning, certainly we realize some due to the road conditions were unable to be with us. Others perhaps have chosen not to be. We are mindful of each of those categories even as we were in prayer. And it is with those thoughts in mind I would invite you to give thought to, with me to a lesson entitled Review and Expectation. This is, of course, the closing Sunday to the year 2010. And as such, I thought it proper perhaps even in order, to give some consideration not only to the year that's almost now passed, but also to the year in anticipation that may in just a few days now sit before us. And thus, those initial comments perhaps are not at all shocking or surprising to anybody. We each know in our own physical families this year we've, in fact, experienced many things. There have been successes. There have been graduations. There have been births. There have been a number of other celebrations and occasions of rejoicing. But by the same token, there have been some losses. There have been some unfortunate circumstances. There have even been some deaths in our families. We understand that all of that seems a natural progression and part of the thing we call life. But might we also bring that to a consideration of the Pippin family, the church that is you and me here in the Pippin community of Putnam County. Isn't it also true that this year we've enjoyed a number of things that are positive? We've looked upon a number of experiences that have encouraged our faithfulness and that have lifted even to a higher plane the degree of our devotion and loyalty to God. But we also all have experienced some losses. Some have passed away this year that were here a year ago but are not here now. Might we notice in light of all of that, Let's use the time we have available this morning to reflect, first of all, on the year 2010, to in fact look back in a panoramic way and consider some of what transpired here in the Pippin family, but also to perhaps set the table for expectation for the year 2011. To do all of that, let's start with the review part. Looking back over the year that's almost now passed, some of these things will in fact not be at all surprising, but some of the numbers might be. Here is a putting together on my part, a summary, an attempted one admittedly, about the features of our year here at the Pippin Church of Christ. First of all, I began it in the following way. We assembled some 210 distinct times for worship and Bible study. When you look at it in that fashion, it of course fulfills the commandment of Hebrews 10.25, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." Our elders have provided these especially designated times and those with a love for the Lord and the ability to do so assembled and did so with a degree of appreciating the harmony to be found here and the commandment of God toward that end. You'll also notice in light of that, together we sang almost exactly a thousand songs together lifting up our voices to ring out praises unto God in the exaltation of His glory a thousand times. We, of course, did that in fulfillment of commandments such as Colossians 3.16, where we read, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. 
A thousand times we, in fact, sought to do that very thing. And what's more, you'll notice that roughly 630 times collectively we prayed unto God. We laid our burdens and our cares upon His mighty, broad, and powerful shoulders. We, in fact, stated unto Him our request for forgiveness, the desires of our heart to grow and to mature in the faith, not only individually but as a congregation. 630 times... Needless to say, given God's promise to hear the prayers of His children, 1 Peter 3.12, and to give answer in light of those matters, Revelation 8.5, we should certainly feel honored to have been able to approach Him 630 times in a collective way. Even beyond that, you'll notice that in terms of our collection, we as a congregation, we as a congregation contributed over $110,000 to the work of the Lord. As you look at it sheerly in terms of number, that's a 14% increase to last year. I myself am not an overly confident person with respect to placing all the emphasis upon numbers. But you'll notice that that kind of increase will allow more opportunity for the work of the Lord to be done here and to even be done abroad under the sponsorship of the Pippin Church of Christ. As you can see, you'll also notice that some 106 sermons were delivered from this pulpit. As you give thought to the exposition of God's Word, the elaboration of various passages, both Old and New Testament, during that course of time, I was the one delivering the majority of that 106, but nonetheless there were faithful men who stepped into this pulpit, having completed the training class and even before, who were honored and eager to use their talents as God had delivered them to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, Ephesians 3.8, and to in fact capably and ably fulfill this pulpit. As you consider the hearing of that many sermons, you'll notice that totals about 78 hours of biblical instruction. 78 hours of hearing the Word of God expounded, taught, and set before us. That certainly should be an honorable and good thing for any of us to have our minds reflected and tuned to the frequency of God and to realize that the whole motive behind all of that is 1 Kings 22 verse 14. What the Lord saith, that will I speak. That has been the charge and challenge of all who have preached and even those who have taught in the Bible study classes. The very last thing on that you'll notice that some 92 especially distinct times, we've had the liberty of participating in Bible study classes, again totaling about 60 hours. You'll notice that putting those two together, you'll notice that we are at almost 160 hours of Bible instruction. From the perspective of those who think in terms of universities or colleges, you'll notice that most work on a semester system, and so from August, let's say, until December constitutes the fall semester. If you think of it from that perspective, you'll notice that we have completed a full semester in equivalency to learning in a college or university if you combine the Bible study periods and the worship sections of our worship periods. We have or have more that we are able to say as well, looking back over the year that's passed. You'll notice near the top, I've tried to highlight that not only from the perspective of our auditorium Bible study classes, but our youngsters have also had the privilege 
of participating in the Bible study classes in which they too have been taught by prepared teachers, those who are ready to dispense the truth of God and to do so in often creative ways that aid them to remember and perhaps to embed in their hearts those lessons and those ideas that will last with them for a lifetime. During the course of this year, eight precious souls have been restored to the faith. They came forward confessing error and requesting the prayers of rededication. In every instance, we were more than honored to oblige in that regard and praying to God for their forgiveness, following the pattern and plan of Acts 8, beginning in verse 20. In addition, we had one baptism in this calendar year. In all those instances, how precious it is to notice again those precious words of the Christ when He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. It's always our earnest desire that the gospel will fall into good and honest hearts per the parable of the sower, and that it will bring forth much good to the fruit, of course, of God. However, continuing onward, you'll notice a number of other things in which the Pippin Church is involved. Some 13 hours of Bible instruction have been set forth over the airways of the Upper Cumberland by way of the Lord's Word radio program. 13 hours of instructing in matters directly related to the Word of God. We, of course, do not know how many individuals may have heard at least some of those lessons, but we do know that many counties are able to pick up the signal. Who knows but what thousands were able to hear what our church sponsored, sending forth the truth that may, in fact, from all perspective of eternity, touch the hearts of one or more and lead them down the pathway of life everlasting. Beyond our Lord's Word radio program, we, in fact, have been the sponsor of a number of evangelistic efforts, not only in this country but elsewhere. Ron Gilbert often comes to share with us about the work in Africa and in some instances about the preacher training school there who is training preachers to themselves preach elsewhere. And you and I have been a part in providing and supporting that effort. You'll also notice that I've made mention of our work with Curry Montague in the country known as Hungary in Eastern Europe. There the conditions are exceedingly difficult and harsh, and the congregation, though once much smaller, has grown. And can't we be thankful and appreciative for that reality? Beyond that, there's Robert Oliver who labors in North Carolina. Though that's only one state, of course, to our east, we are aware that North Carolina has a great dearth of truth. Few churches of Christ exist in the whole state. And yet in this particular place, there is this one congregation in that entire county and you and I are able to support its continuance and the labors that take place there. In addition to all of them, we support Hewland Hensley in Georgia. Again, laboring in Harrelson County there where there is but one church of our Savior. Only one. And yet, Though again it continues to be small, they nonetheless have been a great influence to many over at least the past number of years who nonetheless have been faithful there. The truth proclaimed. We should in fact be thankful that God has allowed us the means of involving ourselves in these works. With James Jones, you may notice that he works with Restoration Radio. And all around the world, or at least through roughly a hundred countries, the preaching of the truth is sent forth and you and I have had a part to play 
even in that effort. It is to be noted that there's also India to be mentioned. We support, of course, those who will shortly be proceeding to India in 2011. And as we do that by way of providing Bibles and by way of providing even some of the monetary efforts to proceed in that direction, India is a country of over one billion people. And our preaching of the truth there certainly is a great thing to help remove the matter of idolatry and that they might come to know the truth of Jesus the Christ. As you come near the bottom of that slide, many other things might well be attached to that list. Other things might well be added, and we have a few more. But might we quickly note something about benevolence? Our elders often feel requests by those who are in need. Sometimes those things are not noticed so much by you and by me, but we also have a part to play per the command of Galatians 6 as well as Luke 10, 37. And that we as a congregation have done. But perhaps one final slide in terms of this review of the year 2010. One also perhaps might be interested in other numbers as they appear on our, on our consideration of our boards that are here before us. Our attendance at the Pippin Church continues to increase and thanks be unto God for that blessing. I've tried to summarize just a few of those numbers. You'll notice our attendance on average for the Sunday morning worship was 77.3 in the year 2007. That rose to 80, a little over 80, one year later, to a little over 83 one year after that. This past year, the average was 91.2. Again, we may give that the consideration that is God's blessing. He has allowed some to come our way. Individuals who have chosen to place their membership here and proceed in the work with us, there have been other births, natural births, into the various families. But in any regard, thanks be unto God for the character of that increase. You'll notice it really is an increase of almost 10% over last year. Now before we become too comfortable and too appreciative of that, you might notice that there's still room for growth in our Sunday morning Bible study. There's room for improvement on our Sunday evening and Wednesday evening worship services. But more individuals have come to appreciate that which occurs here at Pippin. And again, our numbers have risen. Thanks unto God and His blessing toward our end and toward the continuance of His kingdom. Back in May, we hosted a gospel meeting with Stan Stevenson doing the preaching. For several nights, we heard the great truth of God proclaimed in its pristine purity and majesty. And as much as we enjoyed all of that, we still appreciate that this coming year... We too will have a meeting in May and Brother Edward Anderson will be the speaker. May we look forward to that. In addition, we hosted the third Sunday singing for Putnam County in August and the house was full as we raised our voices in song. We enjoyed a Bible Bowl effort in the, on the second Saturday in September. As our youngsters participated and all of us as a congregation supported, that was a good work. All these things perhaps fail to do complete justice to, in fact, all that took place at Pippin in the year 2010. But I would submit to you that many other things might be noted. We did have a, pre, a training class and many participated in it. Our skills were honed. Our interest was heightened as we sought to improve the ways that we could better worship in a corporate fashion. All of that being said, 
you'll notice that near the bottom of that slide, this is merely my attempted summary of 2010. Perhaps many other things ought to have been mentioned, not the least of which would be the sense of fellowship, camaraderie, brotherhood in Christ that's enjoyed here. There are many churches where that simply is not a part of the way that things are. There is quite often strife, cliques, divisions, clans, otherwise things that really are opposite to unity. But here at Pippin, under the leadership of our elders, our three elders and the labors of our three deacons, we are able to proceed under the banner of the cause of Christ and to do so with excitement concerning His kingdom and what God allows us to do and to be. In fact, it is with regard to all of that. I would ask you to at least for a few minutes anticipate 2011 with me. What may be held in store for the coming year? It goes without saying that none of us know the specifics of 2011. God hasn't vouchsafed to us the ability to read the future with any degree of certainty. We can speculate. We can make our guesses. However, its details will have to wait until the time comes. There are, however, some things that we each should anticipate and in fact even demand of ourselves and of our church in the coming year. Let's just list a few of these things over the next few moments and use them also to complete our lesson this morning. What about the Pippin Church one year from now if the Lord should allow the earth to stand? What might we say in reflection upon the year 2011? May I submit to you some of these thoughts ought to cross our mind even now as we reflect on 2010 and as we also look forward to the year 2011. First of all, growth. We've highlighted today that this past year we grew not only in terms of our contribution but in terms of our numerical attendance on Sunday morning. We, of course, if it be the plan and will of God, would wish that we might influence others and that that number may also increase for next year. But let us state that the far more important growth really is this. Spiritual growth, maturity in the faith, a heightened appreciation about what it means to be a Christian, to grow nearer to the Lord. In fact, in 2 Peter 3.18, we are there commanded, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. It would be perhaps appropriate to ask, Have I grown in the year 2010? Am I nearer the Lord? Am I a more spiritual individual now than perhaps I was then? Maybe each of us can ask ourselves that question because it goes without saying our church as a community will not grow unless we do individually unless we, in fact, strive to draw near to Him. How does that growth occur and what is its source? In Romans ten seventeen, we read that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It all begins with a faith built solidly and built inexcusably upon the truth of God's Word. Anything else is a faulty foundation. Anything else is a weak approach. Anything else is bound to fail. But when we as a church and you and I as individual Christians have a life built squarely upon this, it will manifest itself in the way that we conduct ourselves, the way in which we influence others, and others in all likelihood will note that something special takes place at Pippin. They follow the Word. 
They're not interested in human opinion. They aren't interested in human speculation. They are interested in a thus saith the Lord, and only in that way will they proceed. It is true, isn't it? From Jeremiah 10, 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Our world flails so often just like a person on a sheet of ice without direction, aimlessly proceeding. And when they appreciate a church, a congregation who knows its direction, who knows its mission, who knows its objective, then that is something impressive, not because of the character of who those people are, but because of how the Lord has infiltrated their lives and how that they are pursuant to following Him. And many will be interested in a church like that. And they'll wish to know more about a congregation like that. As you can appreciate further, wouldn't it be lovely if the words of 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 would be descriptive of us at Pippin? Your faith groweth exceedingly. Isn't it beautiful to notice that Paul in commenting to the Thessalonians, he didn't merely say that their faith grew. He said it grew exceedingly. It was bountiful and it proceeded in large measure and number. May that be true of you and me individually and may that be true of the Pippin Church in the coming year. It would perhaps be in order to notice, lest we begin to take some of that glory to ourselves, which we ought never to do, that in 1 Corinthians 3, beginning in verse number 6, Paul was very quick concerning himself to make the following statement. And might we notice that Paul planted congregations in many locations and he encouraged their growth. Certainly if anyone were in position to think that some of the glory could rest with him, it would have been Paul. But he was so quick to say that I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. For all the blessings that have been an increase in, at the Pippin Church in 2010, may all the glory go to God. May every bit of it rest with Him and His privilege and providence that He has brought our way. May we simply be thankful that we may work in His kingdom, work in His vineyard, and if it be His plan and glory, that we may in fact a year from now also rejoice in greater growth for our church. It would be perhaps wise to also notice that those who have an interest merely in laying claim to the name... The words Church of Christ may be on the outside of the building. That may be true and anyone could put those words on the outside of a building. It's what takes place inside that building. As we've often noted, the building is not the church. It is that group of people who gather and who meet inside and who are intent upon carrying out those precious commandments and the kind of thing that God has set before us. And so may we individually and thus collectively strive to be the people who are the very ones of whom God would be proud as those serving in His kingdom. As you come near the close of that slide, it's quick to note also, let's not be too quick to rest upon the accomplishments of the last year. We grew in number, at least in the Sunday morning attendance, and we grew by way of contribution. But may we also ask, is there room for continued improvement? Are there other things that you and I could do that would in fact be an improvement still in spiritual matters? As we mentioned earlier, could we have more attendance at the Sunday morning Bible study? 
Could it be that more could come and share in the opportunities on Wednesday evening and Sunday evening? Could it be that more benevolent work or more evangelistic efforts might be done? Certainly, more can be done. May we with eagerness and excitement look for those opportunities that God will provide to us. And may the words of 1 Corinthians 16, 9 rest always on our mind. Paul wrote, God has put before me an open door, a great door, and an effectual one. Paul knew that his labors would be effective. And may we also search for those opportunities to be effective in our labors so that more can come to know the preciousness of what we enjoy, that souls might come to be baptized, individuals might be rededicated to the truth, and that our work in our congregation will be an even brighter beacon and a brighter light for the cause of Christ. As you can also see near the bottom of that slide, these are some things that we should, in fact, must demand, not only of ourselves, but of this church. Not only what is said from the pulpit or from the Bible study periods, but also in all the things that we sing in our songs and we utter in our prayers and the kinds of lives that we live individually. We need to be those that demand the truth. We need to be unwilling to compromise. After all, the Lord was unwilling to compromise. When it came to truth, that was the way. And did He not say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, John 14, 6. And wasn't it Jesus who directly affirmed in John 17, 17, Thy word is truth. Thus, it should be our demand that whoever stands here and preaches, he must preach only this. And you and I must demand that we live only this, individually. What decisions do I make tomorrow and Tuesday? What decisions will you make? Will it be predicated upon the truth, or will we be looking for loopholes? Last year was good enough. I'll slide through 2011. There is no sliding in the kingdom of the Lord. Jesus said, He that is not with me scatters abroad, Matthew 12, verse 30. And later He would affirm that those, in fact, who are not with Him are against Him. We thus are not in a position to just ease along and slide by. We need to continue to exert our efforts and our labors, to do that which is noble, godly, and right in His sight, and to be thankful that that opportunity has been given to us to do so. You'll notice in 1 Timothy 3.15 that the church is there described in language like this, the pillar and ground of the truth. When the Pippin community is interested in learning the truth, hearing of the truth, knowing the truth, this should be the place they come. This should be the place that they appreciate its existence here, not in a local community center, not at the local volunteer fire department. It should be at the Pippin Church of Christ. And hence, as we conduct ourselves by way of truth, living in accordance to it, this church will be that beacon and pillar of truth. But in addition to demanding truth, we also should expect of ourselves to move forward. Partly we noted that earlier. If we're standing still, in essence, we're sliding backward. We must, in fact, proceed onward, forward and upward, in the cause of God, desirous of His will, understanding that He will bless us mightily. Many have been the times that there have been individuals who've made studies of churches, 
studies of congregations. And in so many ways, the following conclusion seems to be a very critical matter. Those who have invested their efforts to statistically study congregations tell us that there is a threshold. It's the number 100. When a congregation reaches about the size of 100, there tend to be additional matters, divisions that happen, strife that develops within the congregation, factions if you please, because it has now become large enough to where it's not that small community environment any longer. May I submit to you that our numbers are not that far from a hundred. And we need to be ever on guard to not lift up ourselves. What I think doesn't matter. And what you think is immaterial. It's what does the Lord say. And as long as it is His commandment and you and I are conducting the affairs here in light of that, then let the glory rest in that matter. Set self aside, Romans 12 verse 3. Never think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but always in lowliness of mind and in humility strive for the greater good of God's kingdom and for the church at Pippin, rather than personal self-exaltation and personal self-gratification. Hence, as we expect to move forward, that will be a necessary ingredient. Ever understanding that self is not to be the pinnacle. But might we also say in that regard that Paul had in fact these precious words to say as well. In Philippians 3, I ask you to notice particularly beginning in verse 13. Wasn't it true that Paul had the opportunity to think about successes that he had enjoyed? Planting, con planting congregations, baptizing many. But yet, we read in verse 13 of Philippians 3, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do... Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching for those things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, you see, had a blessedly short memory. Whatever had transpired in the past, he said, I now press toward the mark for the prize of God in Christ. If we will do that at Pippin, God will continue to benefit and bless us. And you'll notice one chapter later, Paul, in another highlight of positive thinking, said that I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, verse 13 of Philippians 4. It will be in light of all of them that we now read some of these promises. What has God promised to those who do look upon Him and who do seek the truth and who do look forward to moving forward? We read in Romans 8, 28 that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, I reckon, Paul wrote, that our light affliction is but for a moment, but it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, next year, you and I may be able as a congregation to bring even more honor and more glory to the cause for which we strive for the cause of Jesus Christ our Savior. Commit thy way unto the Lord, Psalm 37, 5, and He shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Acknowledge Him in all thy ways. When the Pippin church commits itself unto that, we shall find indeed that we will be able to be a blessing for the work of God. And that brings us in fact, 
to the very final thing of our lesson today. You'll notice that I reserved this one and stated it rather succinctly the following way. Love for the Lord and love for His truth. Those two things are found in Mark 12, 30 and Zechariah 8, 19. When we love the Lord, and it's our strongest and most earnest desire to do only what He says, that then will mean we'll love one another, we'll love His Word, and that love will emanate in the affairs that you and I enter into in terms of the things that we do for the cause of Jesus, the matters that we tend to in worship and otherwise. Thus, as we consider this morning, review on the one hand and expectation on the other. Perhaps we may summarize in the following way. I think it's in order to feel a degree of pleasing character relative to 2010. As you and I have attempted to do that which was the bidding of God, but may we be just as committed to 2011, not merely to just seeing more numbers here, because may we be quick to say, if growth spiritually occurs, God will take care of the numbers. God will take care of the contribution. He will take care of the attendance. When our heart, individually and as a church, is right, those matters will simply be consequence and they will follow. But as we look forward to 2011... May it begin with the heart. How devoted and committed are you and me? Are we demanding of the truth in our lives and in of our church? Are we expectant to grow or will we be satisfied to slide along with the status quo? There is a very stern warning in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Seven churches of Asia were addressed. Some of them were attempting to just slide along. They were told expressly, that will not do. You may recall the church at Ephesus had left their first love. They needed to return to it. The church at Smyrna had given its attention to the great persecution and they were about to buckle beneath the load of it. They were told, you be faithful. The church at Pergamos, remember, was given to idolatry. They were told in no uncertain terms, you return to the faith. The unadulterated faith in God... The church at Thyatira was given to fornication. Things like that in the church. And they were told that will not suffice. In fact, you're going to stand in judgment for it. The church at Sardis was told, you have a name. You live as if your name is alive, but you're dead. They were in essence walking corpses. And they were told, unless you return and be faithful, I'm going to blot your name out of the book of life. The church at Philadelphia you remember, was so highly complimented. In essence, they were told, you may be small, you may be unable to do a lot, but you've been faithful to do what you can with what you have, and I'm going to open a door for you. May that be descriptive of the Pippin Church of Christ. We may not be as large as a lot of other churches in this country. We may not be as large as a lot of even the state of Tennessee, even in the county of Putnam. But as long as we do what we can with what we have, utilizing the blessings that God has given, God's going to open a door and He'll allow us to continue to use those talents and those communal abilities that we have to bring lost souls to Jesus and to shed forth the message in all the ways that He will allow. Finally, you'll notice the church at Laodicea was the seventh and final one. To that church, you might remember they trusted in themselves. 
We're rich. We're wealthy. We have all things that we need. And Jesus said, you don't realize it. You may think you have it all, but you're miserable, blind, wretched, naked, and you're completely without me. May that not be the Pippin Church of Christ. We may have sufficient monies. We may have a nice building. But may we remember again, those things are not the church. Today, if you're not a faithful member of the body of Christ, why not become so? If you realize that Jesus died at Calvary for you, that He shed His blood that your sins might be forgiven, and if you know what the gospel plan of salvation is, you know enough today to come down this aisle and to allow us to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28, 20. If you have done that at some point in your life, you have begun the precious walk with the Lord and you knew what fellowship with the Master was like, but you've since forgotten it. You have perhaps become like the church at Laodicea. You've trusted in yourself. You've trusted in your money, your job, your career, your family. Those may be wonderful blessings, but they are no substitute for Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, Acts 4.12. If today we can pray for your rededication, why not let that happen this closing Sunday to 2010? If we could be of help to one or more, why not in fact let us know in what way we can assist you while together we stand and while we sing the chosen song.